Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dario from the Time Flies Podcast. I wanted to let you guys know, whenever I'm not recording, editing, or uploading a podcast, I'm listening to different types of podcasts. Headphone is a podcast app with different types of genres for podcasts. They have everything from romance to horror to comedy podcasts. And now, if you use my coupon code TIMEFLIES10, you guys get 10% off their subscription price. I'm currently listening to Dracula Reborn where Dracula is trying to raise a vampire army and conquer the world. Here's a clip from the podcast for you guys. Uh, Mr. DaCosta, I appreciate your invitation for dinner. Yet, I notice there's no food. Oh, my dear boy. It appears there's been a misunderstanding. You aren't here for dinner. <laughs> you are dinner. <laughs> Remember to use my coupon code TIMEFLIES10 and check out the headphone app. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Time Flies Podcast. I'm your host, Dariel. If you're listening to this on any of the podcast streaming platforms, you're going to hear a familiar voice. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you so much. And you're going to see a familiar face. But we got my boy Mike in the in the building virtually. Mike in the building. What up? Uh, virtual. Zoom. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. Mike, what's up, man? Haven't seen you in a minute. How you been? Maintaining. Maintaining. Missing, missing the basement. Missing the, the studio. But um, we're here. Yeah, just for the viewers and listeners, it's, uh, we had to do it virtually because uh, we're re- reorganizing the DIY Time Fly Studio. <laughs> but like you said, we here. We haven't we haven't been here in a minute. There's been a lot of things happening since the last time we talked. We're gonna get we're gonna get right into it. So and now, yeah. as if, if you've been living under a rock, now as a hip hop have been coming out with album after album after album for the past three years. And unfortunately, Hippo and Nas, they announced uh, Magic 3 was going to be the end of the Nas and Hippo era, essentially. Now, um, let me take that back. Not an end, but they're going to pause it. So before we hit Magic 3, there was an album that came out before that that Mike and I didn't get to chop it up about. And Mike, I want to hear your takes. I want to hear your thoughts. I'm going to give you the runway. Whatever you want to go. I want to hear about Magic 2. You know how we always had these debates about, you know, the King's Disease trilogy, Magic, and how you rank them. I think Magic 2 gave a clear bottom to the list. The thing is, is that it felt like something that they just threw out. And I believe that they just kind of threw it out there. If you listen to the production, it's a little more of a modern bounce. I feel like it was almost like Lucy's from throughout the King's Disease or even Magic, like, you know, studio sessions. And it was Nas experimenting over more modern production and that like with the flows. So I appreciate it from an experimental standpoint. Will I listen? (laughs) Probably not. There was like motion was hard. It's not bad music. Um, I just don't think it's, it's up to the standard of what they've done together, especially, especially because it was magic versus King's disease. Cause magic one, that was like revisionist history of like 90s Nas coming back in modern time. Like it was just raw sample based hip hop and Nas rapping. So when you hear Magic 2, there's an expectation there. It was far more modern, would have probably fit into the King's Disease style more than Magic. But it is what it is. And I think that they were just kind of, you know, in hindsight now, now that we have Magic 3, they were just gearing everyone up for Magic 3. But- yeah, like, and I think that that's why they did it so close in time, too, is because nice. they knew what they were throwing out there was, like, more of a sampler, more of, like, yo, this has been Nas kind of messing around in here, but... Uh, but I remember we gave, a, we gave a ranking out of the albums that came out so far, and I forgot where I had Magic, but I, I, remember, I remember the biggest point that I had regarding Magic was about how many tracks it had. It only had, it's, it's the shortest amount, I think it has nine? Yeah. Yes, right, nine, something like that. So it's the shortest amount out of all the Nas and Hip Boy projects. And then 
So we find, so we get Magic Three, right? And then we finally have the full bu- full body of work between Nas and Hit Boy. So I feel like now we can finally give like an official ranking of all these projects. You know, granted, Magic Three just came out what last week, so might be a little bit of recency bias. But go all in yeah. the all in all, what I'm trying to say is now that I've heard all of the albums within the fluidity within the full body of work, man, Magic Part One. Tried to tell you then. That's a fact. That's a fact. You did, and I'll be I'll be the first to admit it that I, I was definitely wrong. Yo, Magic One, beginning to end. I don't know what happened this time around. Like I just heard it differently. I've always loved uh Speechless. The opening to Magic is legendary. Bro, I think even at that point, Magic was my declared first spot. You did. Yeah, you had it. It still stands. Like that, there's just something about that, even the nine track piece was nostalgic in the sense that Illmatic was essentially nine tracks, 10 if you count the intro, that wasn't really a song. It was like beach record, but that that shit, it really was exactly and what it was titled. It was, it was just magic. And that intro though, that you're speaking of. Yo, I can't, I can't, every time that song comes on, the intro and the little, oh my God, your hit boy fucking demolished that beat, bro monster 100% but go, going back to magic too this is my question that I want to ask you okay so i understand what you're saying as far as the production as far as just the just the like the level of musicality in the album if you will wasn't great but what i want to ask you is the way that they told us that magic 2 was coming out is pretty much the way that they've told us that every other album is coming out they put out a random message on one of the social media apps and like a, like a few days later, it comes out. I'm saying that to say that like, I, I I don't even think that's the reason why. You can't even point that to be an excuse. You can't be like, oh, we were we were blindsided and we didn't know what we were getting, because like that's how it happened. That's how Magic Three happened. They told us like what maybe a couple a few days prior. That's how I believe they all happened. Even going back as far as King's Disease One, it wasn't like a long rollout. So it, really, got, so it really just was the music. Just The music was just it was, like, it was not up to par. The thing is, if a, a smaller rollout is going to enhance the project more than it's going to hurt it, because if you have a long rollout and it's like there's this buildup, then it gets higher and higher as the weeks go on. That abruptness actually helped it. It was strictly just it wasn't up to par with the quality of music that they put out prior and especially if you're listening with the same ear I'm listening and you you notice the distinctions between King's Disease versus Magic, you're definitely expecting something different than you got with Magic 2. Oh, your favorite joint off of Magic 2, you said is Motion? By far. Oh, not even close, really. Yeah. Okay, okay. Dog, you know what's you know a song that I mean, by my reaction, you're probably gonna know the answer, but you know a song like I really, really like off the album? Office hours with 50, dog. Yeah, I think that's worth like a, a conversational point. <laughs> Talk about a buildup. When you see Nas and 50 Cent reunited on the track, you're expecting something. I don't know if you remember Too Hot, the the song that Nas, Nature, and 50 had from way back. I think it was on a soundtrack or something, but this is not this is 50 on Columbia Days. This is before he was shot anything. It's a classic track. If you haven't heard it, do My, yourself you're into that vein of hip hop. Like you're putting then, me on game right now. What's it called again? Too hot. All right. It, it's 50 before 50, but you hear those elements. He's harmonizing the hook. They all smoke it. Nature does his thing. It was underwhelming to a degree. But what I'll say is that a lot of people complained about how short 50's verse was. And and I get it. Yeah. It was like eight bars. But at the end of the day, the way he sounded mm. for eight bars that he was rapping, I was like, this is vintage vintage 50 cent right here like you haven't heard that in a long time so that's something that i appreciated and even though you know people who don't have the historical context didn't appreciate like his commentary you when he was just like kind of talking over the music but even to hear him mention jungle knowing the history here you know the static that went on how nas was an essential point in getting 50 into the game it was it was really a moment it it was so from that standpoint i'm appreciative of it the music was like i said underwhelming but 50 sounded good for the eight bars that he was rapping you know 50, yo you know how much i'm not a, fi- a fucking 50 stand i fucking hate that era of music dog so much 
and that yeah. was that was when we were coming up like getting into becoming teenagers yep. and shit mm-hmm. so we, we were more aware of the music and that was just a, i just hated that time but like for me to say that that song is one of my favorite ones because it's exactly what you're saying 50 sounded good i don't know 50 to me man is just like he's so far beyond rapping anymore like and he knows it too that's why you only get eight bars out of him. Facts. And there's been rumors on there's been rumors that he's working on a project. I mean I heard that too. I don't really know where 50 lies within the current landscape of hip hop. It's very difficult, honestly. He's someone he'll always be able to make good music. It might not appeal to, you know, certain listeners like ourselves, but he'll always be able to make good music. He just has one of those ears. He's like he's like a fat Joe almost, where it's mm, like nice. Stands for what's going on. They're never going to fully acclimate to the climate because they're aware of their standing in the game. But they have they have an ear. They are aware of everything, even though they might not, you know, present that way. And I think in, in the moments that you see Fifty as far as music, um, I think before. Office hour. What did we have? There was like a song with Casanova. Um, oh, do not. I don't know anything about Fifty uh, music. Well. Yeah, but on his verse, then like he sounded good. He just it. It's just it's about like to your point. If the music appeals to you, for me personally, I remember being a kid getting that Get Rich or Die Trying bootlegged, and it was a moment. It was definitely a moment. Um, 100%. but also to your point, that era in music. It didn't age well, and we spoke about this before, because even though like the '90s was had its you know gangster hip hop element, it was always kind of art first, regardless of the content. I think that got lost in that early 2000s era. I think it became too much about yo, I'm this, I'm that, and it was so heavily fabricated that listening back to some of it now, it's like this is terrible i mean that not to say you know not necessarily to say like get richard i trying i think defied the like you listen to that album now it stands you may not enjoy the content but that album still still stands musically dr Dre put his foot in it like everyone involved just did their thing um from there on i mean you can make what you want out of his catalog but like i said i don't doubt that he he can make good music not so sure i'd be heavily into the project but i don't doubt his ear yeah i mean the last thing we'll say about 50 and then we'll get back to magic 2 and nas and hip boy is just like 50 is kind of like he's kind of in the in the same field as uh as a j as far as as far as just like working outside of music and you know being on a mogul shit 50 is more into like the tv world now um jay is doing everything i guess whatever but it's like that's what I'm saying. Like when Jay comes back to music, it doesn't it doesn't matter who it's like what you're what you're doing. You're going to drop what you're doing and listen to it. And that's where I think Fifty doesn't have that. He he doesn't he's obviously he's not to the level of Jay because Jay is looked at as one of the best rappers of all time. We get that. But Fifty is looked at as a respectable person in the hip hop landscape. But it's like when he comes back into music, you don't get that. I, I feel this is just my opinion. But when he comes back to music, I don't feel the same energy as far as like, oh, 50's dropping? I bet. Let's see what he's saying. I want to hear what he has to say as an older guy looking back on life, raising his kids and all these businesses. Right. It's kind of just like, okay, let me just see what he sounds like. Well, because I don't me? think he's interested in giving, like, you're never going to get a 444 out of 50. Like, he's not interested in giving that perspective, or that's just the idea that I get. But also, right. the way that a lot of people view 50s, because he's branched out so much, I think his his character outgrew his, mm. his music. So people like Fifty as as a character, as a personality. The shows on TV, like they enjoy Fifty content, but to a large audience, especially, you know, the the younger generation, Fifty had Get Rich or Die Trying, and then from there on, it's kind of it's all debatable musically. I mean, um, I think, you know, if you listen to The Massacre now, you might appreciate it more than you did then coming off of Get Rich or Die Trying. But with with Jay, you had, there was obviously the reasonable doubt, and it kind of didn't stop for a long time. I mean, Jay, 
for seven summers consecutively, we're talking about reasonable doubt to the black album before his first little retirement thing. There's not a there's not a bad album in there. Mm. There's there's not. And he was culturally re- he he got bigger and bigger pause with every with every release. Reasonable doubt, and I mean we're a little too young to remember yeah. the time for reasonable doubt drop, but that was like an underground release. Right. Then Lifetime Volume One comes, and he's he's this established artist, but he's still figuring out his voice. There's like the puffy type of records. I think personally, Volume One is underrated. Mm-hmm. I do. I I think um, when you look at the joints that were good on there, it's it's peak Jay, and he's mm-hmm. right there. So Volume Two, Hard Knock Life, is Jay's coming out party. That's five times platinum. That is the beginning of the J we know now. Mm. And it stopped then. Then you get In My Lifetime, Volume 3, Dynasty, Blueprint, Blueprint 2. Eh, still had its moments. The Black Album was the Black Album. And then he goes away for a little. But in that time span, you get the features. You get, you know, you get the Go Crazy remix. You get the Diamonds remix, which is one of the best J verses of all time. And then Kingdom Come, which is like, oh... And I think all of his albums, to be honest, all of his albums post-retirement, pre-444, were underwhelming. What were they besides Kingdom Come? I can't think right now. You have Kingdom Come. You have... Actually, I'm lying. Because American Gangster was fire. American right, Gangster was fire. Like, reasonable Doubt revised 11 years later. So I, I have to correct that. But you have Kingdom Come, American Gangster, Blueprint 3, it had yeah, yeah. obviously like it had its records. That's what I mean is that even though the albums may have been subpar, onto the next one still plays. Empire State of Mind still plays. The Empire State nice. of Mind stays number one record. So he's always he's always been in a musical conversation and it spanned different generations. And then you have obviously Watch the Throne. Oh, Magna Fifth, Carta. Magna Carta. And you know, once again, Magna Carta not not a fantastic album. But it had joints that just kind of transcended. So he's always he's remained relevant in a musical conversation for almost twenty years. Yeah, like at that point at the point of the Magna Carta, I think at the point of four four four, that's twenty one years solid in the game since his first release. So fifty, it, there wasn't that I guess attention to detail musically. We're talking not at all. 50, <laughs> comes out on the scene in two thousand three. And by, I think, by the Kanye thing with Graduation versus Curtis. That's like 2006, 2007. seen as the decline of 50 music mm-hmm. because Kanye kind of runs away with that and um, the game changes. And yeah. so that's, yeah. we're talking a four-year window versus 20 years 20 of music. Years. So mm-hmm. it's my fault to all to yourself and the listeners for going off on that tangent but nah, it's, what, it's, it's what's needed bro if the people listening and watching is what's needed that's why i got you on the fucking pod because all of that shit came straight from the fucking dome baby that's why I like, fucking, that's why that's why i always call you the music the hip-hop encyclopedia dog appreciate you man love that but now let's get back to <laughs> let's get back to Nas yeah. and hip boys all right so we got magic two out of the way we get we finally give our thoughts our opinions our takes I'm glad to hear them. But now we're gonna move on to the final album of the Nas and Hit Boy era. For now, I'm gonna put for I'm gonna keep saying for now because I don't want it to end ever. So I'm gonna keep saying for now. Yeah. But we get Magic Three. So Magic Three comes out on Nas's 50th birthday. Now, Na- um, Magic Three comes out on Hip Hop's literal 50th birthday. We get this fucking such a fucking turnaround from Magic Two, bro. Like this. Dog, I was not expecting this to be so good, but it's crazy. Neither was I. Because Nas and Hit Boy is like, okay, they've shown you that they can do this consistently. They have one hiccup, and then they come back with like... The thing is, is that, um, you know, and I didn't take Magic 2 as like, oh, this is the end of it. I took Magic 2 for exactly what it was. It felt like something they threw out to the audience, almost as like a teaser. The reason why I wasn't sure about Magic 3 was more so because I was like... These guys can't do this for a fifth time in a row. Like, even as a Nas fan, and I trust Hit Boy as a producer, I was like, that's, that's, at that point, if we get, you know, coming into Magic 3 before listening, I said, 
if we get another really quality album out of this, this run is uncontested. Who who can who can say that they did that in oh, the no, window? No. Trust me, one hundred percent. We're going to talk about this. And, so, um, yeah. But I knew as soon as you know, um, fever, the intro, the plays, intro, and then the snare kicks, the drums come in. I was like, okay, I see the foolishness, the stupidness <laughs> that's going, and this they've done it again. I knew it from the second I heard that, and kind of. It didn't. It didn't stop, like yeah. at all. You know, I'm not I ain't gonna hold you. Fever, I liked, but I ain't gonna hold you. That moment for me didn't happen until I heard Tisk, which is only the fucking second track right behind Fever. When I heard Tisk, I was like, "Yo, yeah. we going? We this is this is the type of time we on us? Let's yeah. fucking get it." And then for me, just me personally, for me, from Tisk on down. Dog, this shit is stupid, bro. Superhero yeah. status. I love this feeling. No Tears is a bit of a, you know, it's a serious song and it's a little bit of a change up yeah. from the previous song. That's but... not in his, yeah, in his experimental Asiatic bag right there. Right. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be disappointed in that. Always love to yeah. say that. Then you got Never Die with the fucking feature king from the last what three, three, four, five years. Fucking wheezy. I mean, like talk about. Let's just pause there for a second because. When is that guy going to stop? And, you know, speaking of someone who, you know, I wasn't always the biggest Lil Wayne fan. And the era in time that we were, you know, we were together all the time. You can probably recall better than anyone. I had my gripes with Lil Wayne as a as a rapper. Yeah, I remember. Man, he, like, so this is just what you're going to do to every single person. <laughs> like, even the GOAT? <laughs> you're gonna do that i mean that's not first of all he kept the icon rhyme scheme to the end of his whatever 24 bar however many bars that was and he ended it with high mom he smoked that shit like that was that was ridiculous wayne we we also lose sight of the fact that wayne like just turned 40 he just turned 40 he's been in the game since 1997 as you know, cash money with the uh, hot boys and all that. Yeah, and he's still rapping like this every time you hear him on a feature. Let's keep this. Let's keep this real brief because I, I really want to keep it on Nas and Hit Boy. But let's keep this real brief. Do you think we're getting a Wayne album? We are not even soon. But like, do you think no. we're gonna get one eventually, or he's gonna do this? No, I think I just heard something that uh, the Fix Before Six is a mixtape coming out before the Carter Six, and that's dropping. I think within the next month or so, and then we'll see when we get the Carter Six. But where, 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 what mixtape? Where are they going to drop it? That pip is gone. <laughs> you know how that goes. That shit is an album. That should be an Apple Music. <laughs> Probably. It's interesting to see what he's going to do for as a body of work because he doesn't need to prove anything anymore. Maybe he does to him. You know, he him personally. But I don't know, man. It's just the, the song is in, is insane, and then move and then moving forward from never die, never die, pretty young girl based on true events. Yeah. Oh, everything like on every based on true events. First of all, okay, that if people don't know, based on true events, one is about a rapper named Half a Mill. I mean, if if you listen to the Firm album, you heard Half a Mill on the throw your guns with az which was one of the better tracks on there he he was featured more on az's work than on any of Nas's stuff i think half a mil was on the firm biz remix but half a mil was a guy who was coming up he was out of brooklyn he didn't even release his first album he was strictly he was just on the come up and suddenly you know there's a lot of mystery to how it happened but he dies and it was ruled a suicide because he was allegedly in the house and shot himself. That's how the story was told. But what Nas is portraying is that there was a little more to that story, which it, it I, I'm always interested. And this is what this whole saga, whether it was King's disease or magic has done for me. Like it gets a lot out of Nas that you wanted way back when you wanted to hear Nas talk about half a million. You never heard him talk about that stuff. Now it's, you know, we're 20 years removed and he's talking about a lot of the things he may have w wanted to talk about then and just didn't. But 
that just as a piece for anyone who goes back and listens, and I believe he he name drops half a mil in there, if I'm not mistaken. So, well, I mean, obviously we got to get into favorites. You know, I think that, um, and I don't have I don't have a song that I, I dislike on here. Yeah, that's the thing is I I'm kind of undecided on what the favorites may be here. Yeah, favorites um, plural, not just one. Yeah, off the top of my head, I mean, honestly, based on true, a true story, two favorites, two, and that because that's vintage storytelling, Nas. That like that reminded me of that reminded me of like I am era Nas, like the undying love storytelling. Like he really he went into depth. Um, it was nice to hear him tell a story like that. So, off the top of my head, probably based on. Based on a true story, part two, fevers mm. there, Tisk is up there. Like I don't, I don't know. I got yeah, man. I don't have just one. I have several. I got Tisk. I got I love this feeling. Um, never die, future and wheezy. Pretty pretty young girl. Pretty young girl goes crazy when I fucking yeah. when the drums hit on that shit. It's like and it's interesting because like some of these songs, I'm like you, you hear the name of the you hear the name of the track and you're like, I love this feeling. It's like, okay, Nas is probably going to be talking about just like, you know, how he's like, he's at a place in his life where he's happy, he's secure, you know, he could like move around. And then like, you have an idea in your head of what that song is going to sound like. And then you hear what fucking Hit Boy fucking cooks up in the lab. It's like, dude, yeah. what the fuck are you, what, what's your, what's your brain? Like, yeah. how does your brain work? No, you know, what's funny too, is like, speaking of Hit Boy, like, even one eight hundred Nas and hit the sample. Like my daughter Danielle gets in the car and asks for me to put that on just because of the sample. Like that's how crazy it is. Like, Start them young, baby. Start them young. <laughs> she knows him as Big Nas because they obviously my girls know Little Nas X, so they know Nas is Big Nas. So <laughs> that's funny. Big Nas in the building. I think the you know overarching questions related to this run between Nas and Hip Boy and where it lands his legacy is the more interesting conversation. Only because I think Magic 3, we can deep dive into all the tracks. I mean, the bottom line is, is that it's fire. This whole <laughs> is fire. Like, there's really... I think that that's pretty uncontested. I think I'd like to hear someone who has an issue with, you know magic three because i i've yet to hear that from anyone that appreciates and respects the music this is i, I remember saying i remember saying this on the very first Nas and hit boy podcast that we did i think that was when a couple of albums came out yeah i think yeah. It, i think it was kings of these one kings of these I think two even got kings of these three yeah it was something around there and i was and i said it's unprecedented and this and i'm gonna stick to those words this is unprecedented you have six albums in three years two albums a year you got other you got other rappers who are around Nas's age, hint, hint, that are not dropping any sort of music, not even a fucking Lucy. From from a guy that and from, and from the six albums, my bad. From the six albums, you get one album that's a hiccup, a hiccup, and, and, and it's not even bad music. It's a hiccup, and it flows with the state of hip hop as what it's in right now. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not that whole fucking drill music or whatever, but. Nas is putting Nas and Hit Boy put together uh, a bo several bodies of work that's cohesive that makes you stay interested to hear what Nas wants to what Nas is saying, stay interested into what he's going to say. I don't really see the debate anymore. Jay, everyone's gonna point to Jay because obviously Nas and Jay are always gonna be linked. But like mm -hmm. when you have someone putting out albums at, from Nas's age where he's looked at as the old rapper, and it's like, how do you age out of rapping? But he's giving you the fucking blueprint. Now, and now, devil's advocate, it's Nas. So I get it. But it's a blueprint. I'm not saying they have to follow it um, letter by letter. But it's a way that you can look into it and be like, okay, this is what Nas did. Maybe Let me try and freak it. Let me try and remix it and maybe go in a, a similar way, but maybe something different. I don't know what that looks like right now. But Jay hasn't put out music since fucking 444, dog. If, if we're talking about someone's mind who's clearly off of music, I don't think Jay is all the way in. Like, not like, and Nas has a business acumen as well. But I mean, I think Nas has been someone between the two who has just been into the artistry of hip hop more than Jay has. And that's shown now. This is literally, this is really like 
and he's he said it on one of these tracks somewhere along the lines this is like his third prime because obviously you have like 90s nas or 94 to like 97 nas then you have still matic nas then you have this and this is there's nobody you know where would, the, where would you put life is good because i feel life is good he had a resurgence I, with that I, album life is good is I, I mean i guess i wouldn't call it a prime but i'm just interested in your take life is good was refreshing for a nas fan then too because you hadn't heard nas rap like he was rapping on life is good in, in some time but then he disappeared again he disappeared again and it's like okay that was good but <laughs> that was 2012 Got it. Okay. Until King's Disease One, I mean, you you heard there's the tapes in there. There were there were there was the Kanye album, but we like to forget that. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I can't think of anyone because when you think of the the titans of that generation, you obviously like you said, Nas, Jay, they're forever linked because same generation they be Pac and Big are not here anymore. Wu Tang like. Ray Ghost, Meth, they're not putting out projects like that. Mob Deep, Rest in Peace, Prodigy, not really. I mean, you hear Havoc producing for other artists, and Havoc is Havoc. Obviously, you have the locks, but... You know what's so interesting about every artist that you're talking about, or every group that you're talking about right now, is they're all still in hip-hop by by doing guest features. Yeah. None of them. They all, all of them are doing guest features. Ray is doing. I just heard. I heard Ray on a guest feature. I heard Ghost on a guest feature. Like they're yeah. still. They still have that. I don't even want to say one foot in the door. They might have like their big toe in the door before it's like fully, fully getting closed. So like they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know. But you yeah. said so, you said something like two minutes ago. You said how like Nas was always more about the art, the artistry. Yeah. And one of, and one of the things that I just want to point out with Nas is like, I feel like this is so refreshing for him. I feel like it's such a big win for him because just like you said, Nas was always looked at as like the art, the artist, the artistry more as far as opposed to the commercialized. Like, let me get, let me get with the best producer in order to get, you know, a fucking hot track so I could play on Hot 97. Nas, and again, there's that whole stigma that Nas picks bad beats. Nas, he tends to go towards the artistry, and this is why I feel so happy for him because he nobody knew that him and Hit Boy were gonna click like that. But Hit Boy, ever since he made Niggas in Paris, like he's been known as this guy that can make hits, right? If you want to hit, you could go to Hit Boy, you could go to Hit Boy, and hopefully you guys create some magic, no pun intended, and something will happen. But his name was like always in like the forefront as far as like commercial rap, kind of, if you will. So the fact that Nas went to Hit Boy or Hit Boy came to Nas, whichever way it happened, but they clicked, it gave Nas an, an, an added opportunity to be like, yeah, I'm on my artistry shit, but you know what? Now I'm on my fucking commercial bully shit. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be commercial, but I'm but it's still gonna have some sort of integrity. It's not gonna be completely sellout. I'm still gonna be Nas, but I'm gonna be a little bit more commercial and I can show you that I could do it on this field as well. You feel yeah. me? Yeah, 100%. I think Nas, from the inception of his career, everything has been different. Obviously, his, like, for the art, for the artistry, you know, mentality has worked against him in a lot of areas. You get a lot of shit that, even as a Nas fan, you can't really stand for. But once again, I'm going to take everyone on a bit of a time travel here, and I apologize in advance. But if you go, if you go back to Illmatic, Illmatic, nobody was doing what he did on Illmatic, meaning, he had all, the all-star team of producers, which may seem like, you know, common knowledge now because everyone does that. Back at that time, there was a rapper, there was a producer. Everyone had their distinct thing, their, their producer. Guru had Premier, um, Tribe had Q-Tip, uh, Prodigy had Havoc, so on and so on. Nas was the first one to say, now, I want a little bit of all this shit. I'm going to get Pete Rock. I'm going to get Q-Tip. I'm going to get Premiere. That was different. On It Was Written, he got a lot of flack for that, which I think is Nas's best album. But he got a lot of flack for, you know, making records like Black Girl Lost or If I Ruled the World. Oh. With retrospect, If I Ruled the World is an all-time record. But at that time, 
was him seen as as selling out. Um, and that that theme kind of carries on. I mean, when you talk about you know records that came along years down the line, like I said, some may have worked against him. He might have gotten too artistic for his own good, but he's always been for the art. And this is just the the evolution of that. Now, now, now we're having this the we're having this talk. Best MCs in the game, best rappers of all time, right? What box has Nas not checked? Nas got the Grammy. Historical beef where he I where he had the song from the beef between him and another artist, right? Mm-hmm. Or people say that he won, right? People say Jay won, whatever. But he has that under his belt. Rappers need to have beef in order to say what they're made of to see battle. What exactly. Thank you. Battle tested. He has the catalog. He has a quick. He has irrefutable. I know you 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 said it was written as Nas's best album, yeah, but. To the masses, Illmatic is not his best album. Yeah. And it's irrefutable to the world. Irrefutably, that's a classic, right? He has that under his belt. What else did he... And like, like I just said, he just came out with all these albums of Hip Boy, letting you know that, like, yeah, I'm old, but I could, I'm older, but I could still I could still fit within the landscape of hip-hop in today's world. And then he, outside of hip-hop, he's doing all these business endeavors. Like, what is he, he's, what is he missing? He there's literally no, has everything. There's nothing else Nas needs to prove on a music level. And that, but that's what makes these albums so good because there is no pressure. Nas is doing what he wants to do. Pressure. Sorry. Pressure. Another one. But, and Hit Boy, I've always viewed him since he first came on the scene as one of the more versatile producers because even though, like, he had his big bubble when Paris came out. And then due to bad business, which we spoke about on right. the other podcast, he kind of, on a mainstream level, kind of dipped off. But if you heard Hit Boy cuts that he was producing, he was still in a bag. And he could do, he could give you the raw hip hop shit, and he could give you the commercial shit. The thing is with Nas and, and Hit Boys, and to your point about like this artistry versus commercial, both of their styles met in the middle. And it just worked. That's the whole thought process of magic. That like, it just worked, bro. And there's really no explaining that musical chemistry. And I think that they both caught on to that. And they said, we need to capture this moment right now. And here we are, six six albums later, three years later. It's just yeah, man. It's just unprecedented. Like I don't think what. I don't think we're ever going to see something like this again, where just an artist somehow links up with a producer and they they have this ridiculous chemistry that is, is shown in the music um hit boy has said that he took a pause he said he's going to go on to work with his uh his father who came out of a uh, prison um he said uh big hit big hit i think his name is mm-hmm. uh he said he's gonna work with him and he's also working at the alchemist yes what the fuck does that sound like dog as far as Nas and hit boy first and foremost do you want to see more of it or i mean you, or is this it do you, you're good with this to? i mean i'll never i'll never be like, nah, I can't. But I think that if they didn't come out with anything else, I'm satisfied. I'm wow. good. Six albums, three years, five out of six. Don't test, don't test the run. End it on a high note, like Seinfeld. Facts, but yo, what if what if they keep doing it, bro? What if they do another? I mean, another another six albums, but might be a little extensive. But what if they do like another three parter, King's Disease, and it's still fucking. Like, what the fuck are you going to... If they do King's Disease 4, 5, and 6, and it's still, like, up to par, what the fuck is anybody going to say, bro? At that point, you're just a duo. You're Mob Deep, you're Gangstar, like, mm. you're not even a separate entity when you're working together. Even at this point, this is six albums of quality music. There's been no... um, I mean, not a whole lot of guest features, especially on the Magic series. No wow. other producers. You're you're essentially a two man group. Facts. Yo, so what I want to do is I want to give I just want to talk about certain moments from the Nas and Hip Boy era. Moments to me that stuck out throughout all the albums, right? Mm-hmm. This might this might this might come a little bit blindsiding to you because we talk about this in the prep. But yeah, yeah I, mean, I just wanted to just uh, let me hear what you think about when whenever I'm talking about certain moments. So I think to me the moment, and I think everybody it might it, on Thun. When he when he's like uh, sometimes I text Hova like nigga this ain't over I think yeah. I think that was like 
like oh it's still there yo it's like yeah be listening to the be listening to all the albums right now that moment still hit me that record is just stupid stupidity but yeah. yeah like why didn't we get a jay feature jay has a, a rapport with hit boy and it's not like jay doesn't do features when you know when nature calls i think that this would have been you know the, on the last album to get a feature but, from jay that would have been that would have been a moment right there that would have been legendary but i don't i, I don't their relationship is, is it's, it's competitive it's a competitive relationship because yeah <laughs> Nas, I think Nas, uh, I think Nas put out Magic too when it was the opening of the Jay Z Brooklyn Museum joint. There, there's always that thing. It, um, That's so where funny, man. They released at the same times, and yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, another moment from the Nas and Hippo era. We got Lauren Hill's uh, Lauren Hill's verse on Nobody on King's Disease yep. Two. They both, they both were just going crazy on that record. So, so that's that. She's in shape. Um, we got your your favorite uh, rapper Eminem on APMD. Lyrical miracle, hi, lyrical miracle, serial hydrical. <laughs> oh my god! It's like oh, you know, like listening to it again. I was trying to go in with open ears, and I was just like, no, <laughs> no. Oh, it's because, from a technical standpoint, I mean. He makes his voice an instrument, and that's how he flows it. I get it, but it's it's not anything I want to listen to. Um, we got Michael and Quincy on King's Disease 2 talking that talk. Yeah. Was oh, that yeah. King? That was on King's Disease 3. My bad. That was on 3. Yeah. I, I know the song on King's Disease 3, legit, sampling the Heartbreakers. That yeah. sounds crazy. Opening The opening of Magic, which is speechless, and then yeah. goes into Joe Black, and then it goes into Ugly. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay, you know music is good when like you remember exactly where it was when you heard it, and I'll never forget. Talk about short, short span release. I think we found out a day before Magic One was being released that it was going to be released on Christmas Eve. At that time, I was still at my old job, and I was still working an overnight job as well. And I got out of that overnight job at about five o'clock in the morning, and the first thing I did was put on. Magic. It was brick out. And I remember hearing speechless and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is magic. This is the weather for this music. This is the Nas that I, I need right now. And man, that that in and of itself was a moment for me. I think I think speechless I think speechless might be my favorite track from all from every is that when when, it's, when I'm when I'm when I'm thinking the song speechless? I don't know what the fuck it is, man. It's just that piano, and it sticks out to me. It sounds so crisp. It sounds so clean, and if I don't know, it's just like, and it fits with everything. And that that song is just stuck out with me, man. Yeah, yeah. But you, we're literally just talking about speechless. But not, like I said earlier, it goes into um, Meet Joe Black, and it goes into Ugly. But the fucking the three track opening sequence on that on a nine track album, dog. It's like. Where where are y'all going from here? Yeah, it's, already, it's already a thirty percent success rate. You're bad <laughs> at point in baseball. Um, all right, my boy. I hate to do this to you, man. I hate to do this to you, man. But you know we gotta talk ranking, dog. You know we gotta oh. try ranking, dog. Absolutely. Let's start off. I think I think it's easy with the least yeah. favorite because I think yours and mine are the same. Uh-huh. Uh, Magic two. Magic two. We're agreed. Yeah, I mean. But, you know, that also speaks to the run. If Magic 2 came out as an isolated, just like, throw out from Hip Boy and Nas, you'd be like, oh, this shit's all right. But in comparison... Coming in at number five. What's your number five? My number five is King's Disease 1. God damn, really? I think King's Disease, the saga, the trilogy, rather, got better as it went on. I mean, that speaks to the music. Yeah. I got Magic. I got Magic Three as my fifth favorite, but the only reason why is because it just came out. You're so trying like, not to be prisoner of the moment. Exactly. I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment. It, it, it just came out last week, literally. And as much as I listened to it, like you know, all the other albums they've had more than a year. So yeah, man, I'm just not trying. I'm just trying not to be a prisoner of the moment. And sure. you know, so that's my fifth. It spot. will list though. Trust. It will. Yeah, it will. But the, the 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 thing is that yo, I had a hard time with King's Disease two and three, bro. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, the one of the first pods that we did regarding Nas and Hip Boy, like I wasn't really feeling King's Disease two, 
but as time went on, it just yeah. it just blended better and better and better. And I'm just like, that's a test. That's a testament to Nas and Hit Boy, bro. bro. Well, um, all right, but what's your fifth? Because I'm, I'm not even, I'm not 100 percent on mine. Yeah. So so far, we have Magic Two, King's Disease One for me. Yeah, my number four. And once again, we have to keep in mind the high quality of all this music. But my number four is going to be King's Disease Two. Definitely an incredible body of work. But once again, it just speaks to like the quality of the albums that I see before. But it was there's nothing. That's the thing that there's nothing bad to say about Kings of these two. I mean, that's where you get your moment, your Lauren Hill moment. That's where, you know, rare comes from the not uh Nas is good at the end of it. Kings it's really a number four. Problem, but that's my that would be my number four. So me, I had I had Kings of Disease three, but I literally go back and forth between Kings of Disease two and three. So as yeah. far as right now, I got Kings of Disease uh Three at my number four. Okay, your number three. Number three would be would be Magic Three. Okay. okay. Yeah. That high up, huh? Trilogy, the trilogy, huh? Yeah. No, Magic Three really, like I like I said, as soon as I heard Fever, I said okay. <laughs> Fever is the first track on the album, so it's <laughs> that's insane. Uh, my three, I got King's Disease Two, but again, my three and four is. I go. I go flip flop them. Yeah, I'm not sure. All right, so your number two, King's Disease Three. Mm. I think it's the second best of that, and I think it was the perfect way to cap that series. That was the best of the King's Disease series. That was another one. You got that's where you get Michael and Quincy. That's where you get Thun. Mm. Um, man, that that project doesn't doesn't really stop. I still think that the firm reunion should have been done over the Thun beat, but that's just, that's just yeah, me. Yeah, you said that last time. <laughs> my guy. Um, so that was your number two. Your two? Okay, so my number two, I've had Magic. Yeah, so it's just the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had Kings of Season 1. Yo, Kings of Season 1 is, un, is undefeated for me, bro. I, I, I keep telling you the story, bro, but it's just the first time I heard that album. It just sounded it sounded such a different Nas. It's not what I was expecting. I remember moments on the album hearing, hearing Charlie Wilson's voice for the first time. The song, the, the song with Big Sean, and the way he sounded with Big Sean, the production from Hit Boy. And granted, we from Kings Disease One, we didn't know what we were gonna get three years forward. No, nobody could have. Yeah, but Kings Disease One, it was just so crisp, and it didn't feel forced. It felt fluid. It felt fine. And it just really took me aback. It, that's that album is what got me to listen to Nas differently, because made you think about all the conversations that we used to have regarding Nas. A hundred percent. And be- before Kings Disease One, I was before Kings Disease One, I was listening to lot to Nas a lot more than we did in high school. But there was still there was still that like I don't know what it was, but there was still that something that was holding me back from just from just being a fan, right? Yeah. Like. I'm a hip hop fan, so I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen to any music that any hip hop music that's you know deemed respectable, yada yada yada. So right. I did listen. I, li- I did listen to Nas's music, but again, there was that one thing that was holding me back and saying like, no, I'm a Nas fan. And then King's Disease One, like I respected him. I respected him just taking a leap and being like, yo, fuck it. Like I'm an I'm an older head in the game, but I want I want people to know that I can still do this. That I can still fit within the landscape of hip hop, but do it so beautifully and do it in a way where it's not forced. Doing it with Hit Boy, and you can see the obvious chemistry between the two. I don't know. All of that just hit me at once, and I was—I just felt mad respect for him and the way he pulled it off. And that—that that Kings Disease One is just never going to change for me. It's always going to be number one. Yeah, I think Kings Disease One, from my perspective, it was a step in the right direction. As you know, a lifelong Nas fan. You saw elements of Nas you hadn't seen in a while. Like you, he was he was rapping. The production was good. I felt like at the point of King's Disease one, they were still figuring each other out artistically. Like, and I think I mentioned this on the last pod. I think you got your tracks on King's Disease one, where okay, this is clearly Hit Boy leaning. This is clearly Nas leaning. That's the only album in this whole 
you know, catalog of Hit Boy and Nas collaborations where there's that distinction. From the point after King's Disease One, they became one as an artist and they just blended together. But I think at at the point of King's Disease One, you could still hear that distinction. And that was my only gripe. King's Disease Two, King's Disease Three, Magic Three, and Magic are the albums you have ahead of King's Disease. Like I can't be mad at that. Yeah. No, th- there's no list you could make where you could say, nah, you're bugging. Honestly. <laughs> no, unless you have Magic 2 at the top of the heap. But other than that, there's really there's no list you can make out of this six uh project series. I would love to hear their their perspective on Magic 2. What if what if like we hear an interview of them two and they were like Yo, Magic Two was the same energy that we had with every single other album. Like the energy was great in the in the studio. We had the vibes, but you know, it just came out and it struck out. Like I wonder, like, is that what, is that what they were? Is that what their feeling was, or did they know coming out that like, yo, let's just put this one out. We're not expecting much, but let's hit them. Let's hit them on the head top with fucking Magic Three. That you you know what's funny is that I saw like something that Nas and Hit Boy put out where it was like a dialogue between them two. And even the way Nas explained the Magic series, he was like, I really loved making Magic 1. That was the return to essence. Magic 2, I love Magic 2, but Magic 3, like, so it was, I think everyone, hence where it's like, it, it served its purpose. It was... We did it, my guy. Yes, sir. We fucking did it. We... I officially reached the end of the Nas and Hit Boy era. <laughs> Don't go. Stay. Um, yo, but uh this is not the last time we're gonna we're gonna see you. This is not time this is not the last time we're gonna hear of you because I'm trying to get you on the fucking pod. We gotta celebrate 50 before the year turns, bro. Yeah. And I yeah. already sent I already sent you a text as far as like what that episode is gonna look like. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. No, hundred percent. I just wanna celebrate hip hop, man, because you know, we grew up in it, we're still in it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just want to pay pay homage to it. But um, yo, before we sign off, yeah. But I just want to say thank you, man. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. I always appreciate you taking time out of your day to help me out with this podcast. Uh, love speaking hip hop with you. Love speaking current events. All that good shit with you. And um, yeah, man, we'll catch you on the next on the next one. All right, bro. Yeah, bro. No question. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Mike. Peace. Time.